0: So we formed a company and within five months, we grew it to 23 properties in seven states in five months.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's going on, E? Oh, man.
2: Life is a blessing, bro. Every day, life is a blessing, you know? Working on a couple of refinances right now with a couple of stuff now here in Florida, some of the stuff up in the Midwest. Um, so that's going well. A little slow, you know, a little slow in comparison to usual and hopping through the usual shit of just refinancing and dealing with paper pushers that don't understand vision, you know? And I should get used to it by now, but I'm still kind of surprised every time. I'm like, how do you like how do you qualify? Like you don't even understand real estate as an asset. Like how like how do you still have this job? But anyways, that's me. I saw that you've been shopping this week. So that's exciting.
1: Yeah, we went uh well my grandmother passed away last week and I just I haven't like gone up to our condo in months with everything going on. And I was like, you know what? We took my, uh, my grandfather up to kind of get him out of the house and just hang out with my son and my parents and had a real good time up there. And uh, I couldn't resist a chance to go look at some real estate while we were there. So we, uh, I, talked to, I talked to an agent and we went and checked out uh, three boutique hotels and then a, a motel, which initially I really just discounted because I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to look at a motel. But for me personally, that was actually the most uh, interesting and most intriguing one for me that I think has mm-hmm. the the biggest upside. Um, I think
2: it's the reputation. Like I think just our generation sees like the word like motel and we're just kind of like, Ugh, that's going to yeah. be kind of
1: sketchy. But I kept thinking of like what Maddie and Austin, yeah, exactly. who's our guest today is, is good yeah, friends with Maddie and help him get uh, Play Park Lodge set up. And um, I was just thinking the same thing where like if we do some upgrades to – and rebranded as a lodge and not a motel, uh, I think we could generate premium rents, mint location, like right at the bottom of a major ski resort, um, real cool spot. So excited yeah. for that one. We'll uh, we'll run the numbers. And just like you all morning, I've been working on paperwork to to get the refi on the hotel going. So it's
2: hey, it's not fun, but it's part of the
1: business and uh, yeah, it's right. what writes the checks. So yeah. And at the end of the
2: day, you know, it's it's a key. Everybody knows now through the whole Bigger Pockets podcast of the BRRR kind of method. We're doing the same thing, right? It's just the same exact thing. It's just at a bigger scale. But mm-hmm. it, it, all the work does not get to fruition until you get to the last R on the refi, because then that's that's that. What gives you the gas for the other thing and for some fun in, in between? So it's just kind of like that's what we need to do but anyways i'm super excited about our guest you should read his intro because your voice sounds much better than mine
1: all right so today we have mr austin linney he is a former service industry veteran of 20 plus years he turned serial entrepreneur real estate investor mindset and business coach he is the host of the weekly podcast construct your life with austin linney When he's not building businesses, growing his expansive network of who's who in leading industries, providing massive value each week with his podcast or helping his coaching clients achieve a breakthrough, he can be found training for and or competing in Ironman triathlons across the country. If you're an entrepreneur wanting to start a business, wanting to improve your mindset through coaching, or you just want to have a heart-to-heart conversation on how to overcome the odds, Austin can help you get where you want to go. And uh I'm excited for this. Austin and I have been friends for a few years now and uh, he's just an awesome dude. He's He's been in so many different industries and niches and I think he's gonna add, I don't think, I know he's gonna add a lot of value for folks. So uh, welcome to the show, Austin.
0: I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. That was, who wrote that bio? I definitely didn't write that bio, but that sounds good. Uh, makes <laughs> me feel good. Uh, but just before I talk about myself, I wanna talk about what you made a point on and I do know Matt's business pretty good because I built out the Airbnb systems for that. The lodge is the play, and he just had the two best months he's ever had in the history of that lodge uh, because they took it for a millennial approach slash uh, some updated colors. And I know what that thing looked like because I saw it when he bought it, and then I saw it when he finished it, and we'll actually be up there in two weeks. And it really is about wording, right? There's little switches of words and how you... Betray it and and it just you can explode the thing but to tell a little bit about me how i got started since we're on strc it's a true story um we like to travel airbnb so we were traveling and i'm like oh we can like we can figure it out so i was in austin at the time i had this little crappy apartment and i started renting it out because i was working so much and it was like a one bedroom and like i was getting some money and then i got caught by the apartment people and they were like you need to shut it down so i shut it down And then I moved to San Antonio and I was like, well, we can just do the same thing here. So I started out with an air mattress and the air mattress rented. And then I bought a trundle bed and then that rented. And then so the first year I was my wife, my wife at the time had moved to Houston. So she wasn't living in San Antonio and I was working 80 hours a week. And so I was like, well, what happens if I rent the whole house? Like, is that a thing? Can I do that? And so I had the air mattress, trundle bed, a queen, and then a regular. And so I just threw it up there. And like crappy pictures, the whole nine. I'm like, I work hospitality. I can figure this out. So I was sleeping in my buddy's second uh, bedroom uh, on the wood floor on an air mattress with my dog and working eight hours a week and renting out the whole house. So that was for like five months. Well, I made like 11 grand. And I was like, holy Like I made money. This is crazy. Like I'm figuring it out. I'm cleaning, I'm doing everything. And then, so like, let's give the whole year a chance and see what we can do. Well, I made the next year I grossed 35,000 off the house. Then we bought another one. Uh, We, we, I went to Europe for two months. Like we bought a house. And then I went to Europe for two months, like the day after we closed, it wasn't planned. And my uh, partner on the house was like, let's long-term rent it, let's not Airbnb it. So I'm like, okay, good, I have renters. So this went on for two months while I was in Europe. Like, hey, let's rent out, like, why is the house not renting out? And so like, I was like paying the mortgage and this house wasn't renting out. So I'm like, well, screw this. So I came home from Europe. I got off the plane from Europe, I was in a furniture store an hour later. And I looked at the lady and I said, lady, I ain't got time. This is how we're gonna roll. And I'm just like pointing out stuff and I just bought everything. And she's like, I'll have it there this afternoon we furnished the house in 24 hours. The first booking was (laughs) $1,800 for like a week during spring break. And I was like, oh my God, we just covered the mortgage in like seven days. Like that was amazing. Let's keep doing this. So that second year we did 68,000 gross. And then I bought a third house. And that next year we did uh, 114 uh, gross.
2: Mm. Nice. I just think we caught anybody at the start listening to this episode, Everybody's is hooked, right? Yeah. This is exactly, you know, this is the magic. And I yeah. love the fact that, like, you did it the original way, right? Because if anybody knows the history of Airbnb, that's where the name comes from, right? The Air Mattress. Mm-hmm. And, and people are literally like, what kind of sheets should I buy? And, like, here you come and you're like, sheets i don't fucking know i just put an air mattress on the thing and whatever sheets i had left at home that's what i use but like it's that is the is the fate in yourself and you're just like i got this i'm in hospitality what what hospitality like you did hotels or where, what's your background so,
0: so when i was 17 years old i started uh, expoing and bar backing uh and then i was a uh, waiter bartender for better part of my life i was a chef for a while and then the last, like, the, the bigger part of my year from, like, 30 to, like, 36, I was working in high-end hotels. Uh, and, and I wasn't working in the hotel part of it, but I was seeing, like, I worked at Hotel Emma in San Antonio, which was a 160-year-old brewery. They turned into a luxury hotel. It's the 13th best hotel in the United States. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the most expensive per night next to the Dallas Sheraton in texas and so you're really seeing the revenue from the restaurant from the bar you're seeing you're in meetings with the hotel concierge who was my friend and you're seeing this level of service that is unmatched you know share charles Barkley stays there nba team stay there and you're really seeing how it's done and it doesn't need to be done with fancy it needs to be done with care and love and in airbnb because there's we get that it gets a negative connotation sometimes a lot of people don't see it as that but it is that and if you and and what i think so great about mike is mike thinks of problems before they're even an issue so it doesn't become an issue because Mm -hmm. i had to (laughs) i gotta tell you a story you're gonna love this shit this is how weird i am i have a visionary mind but i don't details is a little lacking i'm getting better at it Mm -hmm. I'm a work in progress on that. Two, two things have happened to me. True story. I had the wrong, Mike is going to kill me for this. I had the wrong Wi-Fi code on the piece of paper at one of my properties for six months. And I kept bitching about that they kept asking me for it. And I'm like, I'm, it's the wrong. And it takes me, what does it take? Two seconds to fix
2: it? It's like, why are people so stupid that they can even put in the Wi-Fi code?
0: That's amazing. <laughs> And it's all my fault. <laughs> I could have stopped that, like, like six months ago. You know. So these are the things that you learn, right? And in when you have when you have guests, and this is very important for anybody that's starting Airbnb or has Airbnb. And look, guests complain, and and sometimes they're wrong, sometimes they're right. But understand that you have to look deeper than that, and understand if you are the cog that is causing the negative comments or the questions right what we used to do when we scaled up and we'll talk about it later is we used to play with our messaging almost on a psychology basis to see the way the guests would react to find the sweet spot to allow us to operate at a bigger level if that makes any sense
1: yeah and i think there was one other issue that i called you out on at one point where you like you had like the door that had the lock and people kept locking themselves up. and I was like dude change the doorknob (laughs) I wasn't gonna mention that because I thought you forgot (laughs) oh no I don't forget
0: so yeah they locked themselves out of the house like seven times and all it took was a $15 change of the lock and I didn't do it
1: (laughs) until the pain is great enough that's that's a serious lesson though like for folks and I, I tell people that all the time, especially people that want to get in this business that maybe have a comfortable nine to five job and they're making a good income, but they're not happy with what they're doing. Their biggest obstacle is their mind because they're comfortable. So you have to find a way to get leverage on yourself to create that pain. So it's, it's more painful to go to your job than it is to get beyond your fear of starting something new. That, yeah. that is the biggest challenge that most people face that I run and, into.
0: And something I wanna something that needs to be made very clear. When you said I started it the original way, so everybody understands this is a real business and it matters and it's busy. I cleaned three Airbnbs and worked two full-time jobs for three years straight. And when I say I cleaned three AM, five AM, ten o'clock at night after working sixteen hour days, I cleaned the toilets, I cleaned up puke, I so I have a mad respect for every cleaner. System. I know everything that's in my house. I know where it goes. Like I can't tell. And I traveled with one of those jobs. So not only did I travel and then I got to a point and it was Mattier. A. God bless this man. And he said, I need you to calculate how much money you think you saved by cleaning it. And then I want you to compute it for the year. And it broke down to $2.15. And I think I threw up. And so like make sure that, make sure that you're operating in the highest form of your business. Oh, my goodness,
2: man. It is so good. So good. But it's it's the true grit, man. Like whenever people tell me, you know what I mean, like I can't make it work. And then you you audit their time and you audit how they spend their life and then you see it. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's it's pretty plain, especially when you look from it, from the outside and you do the same thing. Because most people have no idea what their time is worth. And once you start calculating that, you're like, you're not, this is not an eight, eight cap, nine cap, you're losing money you know, and you're losing money. And I also want to touch on the visionary and implementer things for those people that feel that they're visionaries too. And they're like, I need to get better at being an implementer. You do, but also you need to learn how to ask for help and find those people that are great implementing. Like we have a system for my Airbnb business that I've been trying to figure out how to automate emails for the longest time. And I gave it to my wife We did a training session on Tuesday, and by Tuesday afternoon, she was done. Set up all the formats, all the templates, everything else. I've been doing this shit, trying to figure this shit out for a year and a half. But I was so stubborn. I'm like, this is my side of the business. I'm going to figure out how to do it. And I just kept hitting it and hitting it. I'm like, I don't understand why it doesn't work. And then you give it to the right person, and it becomes second nature to them. right? It's like for me or for Mike or for you to go and talk to somebody. I have no problems. I have no stress with that. But you, you bring an implementer, and you like go talk to a bunch of people, they'll be like, I would rather sit at a desk and figure something out for you. I'm like, awesome. So just remember that as well, because it's a, it's a huge part of how to scale and get out of your own way.
0: I interviewed Casey Gray yesterday on my podcast, and he made the greatest point ever. He said, by you working on your weaknesses, you're only strengthening shitty weaknesses. It's like, it doesn't
1: Ooh, That's it, good.
0: It doesn't work. And it wasn't until I removed my ego. I have uh, an assistant that works for me who is an implementer. I have a business partner who's obsessed with tax codes and spreadsheets. And we, what we call me in the business is, and you'll get this reference if you're in the military. I am a halo jumper. All right. Those are the guys that go all the way up with the oxygen tank. And you drop me into a room of a thousand people. And I can tell you everybody's name and story within 30 minutes. If I took the people in my company, my business partner and my assistant and put them in the same room, they would be in the fetal position in the corner, crawled up with the ball because they don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So why would they do that? Like just highlight your strengths and move on with your day and surround yourself with the right amount of people to grow the business.
2: Mm.
1: Mm. That's money. That's interesting. Yeah. So let's talk about how you scaled up. So you you had the three properties that you purchased. Um, When did you get to the point where you're like, all right, I'm going to take this to the next level and really scale this thing up? So I tell
0: you what, and and I have to give all the credit to the amazing people in M1. I had three properties and I was at my wits end. Like I I was like, this is murdering me. And guess what? I was responding to all the guests manually. And then I met Philip up in Canada Mm -hmm. uh, and he was like, dude, are you not doing automated messages? Are you not doing all these things? And I put all these new systems, superhosttools.com. You know, uh, I did all the uh, keypad locks. I changed all the houses out. And then I felt like I was an eagle soaring and I was like, and I got a cleaner and I was like, dude, I could take on like 30 more properties. And so that's when I met uh, Jeremy Taylor and Tom Donnelly. And they wanted to do Airbnb and I knew it. And so we formed a company. And within five months, we grew it to 23 properties in seven states in hmm. five months. It was, it was crazy town. It wasn't all glory. And we'll get into all that. But that was when you started adding properties and you started positioning yourself in a, in a thing like that. And everybody told us, everybody told us. To focus on a certain area, but we just took opportunities where they came. So we had some in Florida, uh, Texas, California, DC. Um, uh, we had you know so like everywhere uh, around, and uh, it was it was crazy. I mean, North Carolina, it, it was it was wild. It felt good. I mean, you know, but but you're figuring it out on the fly, and you're having multiple cleaners in multiple areas trying to build systems, but there's not a scalable system because you have properties all over the place. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm. Yeah. And for you, like the, the biggest quote unquote challenge that people tell me that they have is, is finding properties, like finding leads. So I guess two, two questions out of that, which model were you guys using? I think you were doing the master lease model, right? We were doing both. So we started with
0: the master lease model and then we went to management Uh, And then we were looking for furnished units. uh, And then we were also looking for listings that were sitting on the market that weren't selling, that were already furnished. That was a big thing for us, especially in California. The guy's like, hey, you got a listing sitting there. And we made that guy like 9K instead of the listing just sitting there and it was already furnished. They didn't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. So that was an avenue. We met, we met, we got a lot of our, uh, obviously you can't do that right now, but we got a lot of our uh, clients from meetups. Uh, just positioning yourself as an Airbnb management company um, and then tapping into our network and stuff like that. You know, as far as the property thing goes, like, I think people have a tendency to lie about where they are. Like, you know, my, when I had one of the best bosses I ever had said, don't, don't lie about where you are. If it's your first deal, say it's your first deal. Like people think about it this way. I worked in the music business for a while. Would you like a manager who has... 80 bands that he manages and you're the last one on the totem pole or would you like to have an Airbnb manager that has two properties that he is going to live and breathe your your property and he's going to own it right and I think people discount that aspect of the management because I know that a lot of people would prefer somebody that lives and breathes my property and then through them like I read a sales book and I told one of my coaching clients and it changed his life he was making 600 cold calls a day, right? And that was great. He felt like accomplished. But I said, I had a better idea. How about you take the 20 people that you've done deals with that close deals? And I was like, you reach in to tap into that network, right? Because they're going to close deals. I know people that close deals. And he closed seven deals in three weeks because of that strategy instead of cold mm-hmm. calls. So I would imagine whoever you're managing for has other friends that need management. So tap into that network because they're already in the business. And when you go to the referral route, uh, they, did, they did the numbers uh, in my private equity company that we closed 72% of the deals that we had in referrals because you're already, your foot's already in the door. Yep,
1: and I would absolutely. imagine that's
0: the case for you, Mike, right? I mean, that's kind of the snowball effect.
1: I've, I've done zero marketing in the last three years. To get going, I did exactly what you said. I ran my own meetup. Uh, I farmed for leads on Craigslist, Zillow, Hotpads. I went to networking events. I went through my network and I just kept putting myself out there over and over and over again. Um, But I wanted it bad enough, right? It took me nine months, nine months. I I ran a meetup and I had two months where not a single person showed up in my meetup, not one. It was just me awkwardly in a Capital One Cafe. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to keep doing it until I get a property, period. And so, like, if, if your why is strong enough, if you want it bad enough, the law of the universe has got to deliver it to you. Mm-hmm. You just have to stay persistent enough to win.
0: So. I agree. You know, it's not because this is my favorite topic and we'll stay on the, the thing, but when you live in scarcity, the universe closes every door available to you because you're telling yourself, two things you're telling yourself that that you don't matter and what you want doesn't exist and and I'm going to let you in on a secret the universe is undefeated and nothing looks the way you thought it's going to look nothing's as easy as you thought it was be and more importantly nothing's as hard as you thought it would be so be grateful that you're healthy you're happy especially in the time that we're doing and I guarantee you that the doors of opportunities will flow like waterfalls but understand that you can make, and this is my big point with Airbnb, and it's people don't get it. There's no chance that you as an Airbnb operator need to be like Emmanuel or Mike. These guys want crazy, ridiculous goals, and they're, they're going to go for it. But you can manage your own Airbnbs and have three very, very profitable Airbnbs and retire. And that's the point that everybody's missing that i can't that I have to get across in every interview I do
1: I love that I love that that's, that's so, gold. so good yeah and it, <clears throat> you Sorry. just got to define what you want it's it's really just coming down to defining what you want so for you guys, when you scaled very very quickly what were what were some of the I because I know the story, so I gotta I gotta take you. <laughs> no, there.
0: but I'm gonna so, tell you I'm gonna tell you the real story. True story. And Emmanuel will love this. Oh, I I'm getting chills thinking about it because it was so bad. Five days we furnished seven units in three states. And I launched them and I built the listing. Wow. I sat in my car in raleigh north carolina in a parking lot of a holiday inn and, and cried for an hour true story because i was a broken man i had slept like three hours i slept on a mattress and it was a monster client like a big multifamily client and i'll just we don't need to name names but shit was not the way it was portrayed to look so i had to go to home depot and buy brand new toilets. I had to become a property management company. I I literally had to put new vents in. I had to repaint some stuff. I had to change out fixtures. That was all supposed to be done. The water didn't work. And I am still building listings in California while I'm dealing with all this stuff. And it was, it it broke me. It really did. But it got done, right? And, And I think in the moment, I don't think you handle some things right. But I think at the end of the day, it made you, it made me better to, to go through that. I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but what it did is it made us realize how broken our systems were that we, and and so like, sometimes you have to put your business through the stress test to see where the boat's leaking. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When I was in uh, Puerto Rico last year, I was with, you know, a group of Short-term rental operators from all over the world. All of them doing seven figures. All of them had, you know, fifty to two hundred fifty, three hundred units. And when I I remember I was presenting, we had like hot seats, and I was presenting this deal that I was pushing for. It was like a hundred and sixty-eight unit community that I was gonna do and take all these things on. And I think at the time, I think at the time, I only had like eight or so listings, and they were like, they were like, this is a monster deal, dude. They're like, I'm just telling you, like. I don't think you fathom like, how tight your systems need to be in order to, to do this thing. And I kind of brushed them off and I was like, well, I'm going to do it. And long story short, we didn't end up acquiring that deal that didn't work out with the seller or whatever. But it was for the better because then I added two more units and three more units and five more units and then, then the boutique hotel and I was ready for it. But when, <clears throat> when you jump in feet first and you don't have – or if, if you, if you want to do it fast and you don't invest in some mentors or some education or whatever, you can do it and will your way through it, but it's going to suck. It's going to suck. Or you can just find someone, like when Matty bought the hotel, he didn't just say, oh, I'm just going to wing it. Like he called you. I, I talked to him. He talked to Danny, a couple of the people. He's like, all right, how do I do this the right way and not screw myself? So just surrounding yourself with people that are doing what you want to do is definitely a shortcut to, to going through all that pain.
0: And, 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 but what people don't get about Airbnb, and, and this is kind of the, the secret that nobody talks about is to take it from five to 12 units. It's not like adding a little apartment complex. It's like adding nine pounds of extra, like it's, 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 it, the gap is not here, it's here. And so understand that that don't be so quick to scale because we scaled and money was coming in, but we had no money. Like we, we, we had a great July, but we had no money. And so you're getting your accounting right, getting the taxes right, making sure your clients are happy. Let's, let's make sure our clients are happy before we start adding more clients. Like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's so quick to get to the next number, but like, but like when you bring in the cleaner and you bring in the VA, that's money out of your pocket. So bootstrap that baby as, as long as you can, but also understand that, that when you're building it, make sure you're building it the way that you want. And that's kind of what my life is generated around now is that you're wrapping your lifestyle around your career or your vehicle to make money, not the other way around. And if you allow this beast, because it's a beast, if you allow it, like, and the thing is this is you also have to create boundaries within yourself on what you're willing to do. And my, my, my wife at the time looked at me and she goes, you look like you want to kill yourself. Like you're literally answering texts at like 11 at night, like at all hours of the day, because I'm in Texas, they're in California. So, you know, the time change and all this and so I just made a rule like, unless it like the house is on fire or something like after 10 o'clock, I did not answer my phone. And like, I don't answer before seven. And like, you have to, you have to allow, and it takes a lot in your personal setting, but you have to allow your guests to figure stuff out for themselves sometimes. And it's not you not caring. It's by you making sure that your life and who, what you're dealing with is a priority above everything else. And the business and the business of making money is secondary.
2: Mm. And that that to me goes back to the mindset piece that you were talking about earlier, right? Because a lot of the way that you show up is how you do your job and your programming as to how to be a little good soldier. Once you start your own business, that's going to show up immediately, right? So understand that like a lot of the time, especially if you're a big people pleaser, this business can be very, very hard on you because people are going to be, especially because the hospitality industry in the U.S. especially is based on the customer is always right and people kind of take advantage of that, right? So it's really understanding what is your patterning and what's coming up for you and what that it's for you to rewrite and create some kind of boundaries for yourself, right? Because I've done it very similar to you. When I started in Airbnbs, I was a maintenance guy. So I plunged the toilets. I had a guy like... Over, over stuff the toilet, and I walk into the apartment, it was shit everywhere. And I know mm-hmm. Mike had a similar situation too, right? Mm-hmm. And we're all in that moment, they were like, we're going to do this because we have to do it, because we're all those, those type of people. But then the moment that happens, you're like, I'm going to create a new rule now. Mm-hmm. And from this point on, I'm never going to allow myself to do this again. not because it's beneath me, just because it's not the best use of my time. Mm-hmm. So it's also honoring, like, what is the best use of your time? Mm-hmm. Like, is it for you to change toilets and clean toilets and paint vans?
0: Probably not, right? If, if I had to, if, who I am now, meaning uh, now I'm sober and now I'm in a better place, I've lost a bunch of weight, I'm in a, I'm in a lot better mindset. What should have happened? What should have happened? was I should have shown up to that property and it was not represented the way it was. And I should have got back on the plane and gone home. That's what should have happened. Because by doing those things, all I did was placate that that was the way that it was gonna be managed and I was gonna pick up all the crap. And that doesn't serve the business of us being in business, Mm -hmm. right? And at the time, I didn't respect myself enough to, to step up and say that that was the case. Instead, yeah. I tried to fall on the sword, fall on the grenade, and that's gonna get you nowhere but the crying in a car <laughs> in a Holiday Inn parking lot.
2: Yeah, but it's no. needed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it also, it depends on the type of man that you are uh, or woman, you know, but you have those moments and then those moments either make you or break you. Mm-hmm. Cause then you either fall back on your excuses or you're like, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to catch myself and like, I'm in the same place, right? Like the moment you start taking care of yourself more and better, then you start looking at your business. and am like, okay, the same way I take care of myself better, I need to take care of this business better, because this business is not, it's not treating me right. And that's the problem with a lot of people, they want to get out of their nine to five. And they're just replacing one boss with another one, and they're not creating systems. And we talk about this all the time. Like, I think it probably gets mentioned every single time but until you create a business you're just gonna keep getting yourself more jobs and that's kind of what it sounded like right like you just kept going from job to job it was a more property but it wasn't more business with just more jobs more hats for you to
0: for you to wear yeah 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 Jay, uh one of my friends from gobundance who's a big developer he said that habits are habits are something you do every day and when you when you don't do your habits or something, you default to your systems. And Mm -hmm. it's like systems are what I'm terrible at. Thank God I've surrounded myself with the right people now. But that is truly the only thing that can set you free, especially in this business, especially in this business. Mm -hmm. And you have a duty to the employees that work for you and the guests that walk through the door to make sure that you are buttoned up and know that if something goes wrong, you have a system to replace... You have to understand something. I worked in hospitality forever. Uh, there, The lady that's mad at the AC not working or the Wi-Fi, she's not really mad at the Wi-Fi. Maybe she is. Or maybe she's traveled for 16 hours and her kid said mommy 30 fucking times. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, stop, because I did. I attached myself to everybody's problem forever and it was driving me insane and then i realized that you have to step out of that and go okay like they're unhappy what can i do to make it better because i can't tell you how many irate guests i got stories from the yin yang i'm gonna shave one with you later the best one i've never told anybody it's it's it'll blow your doors off any story but like we had the door, the door jam in San Diego because it was next to the beach. It rusted shut. So she couldn't check in at 3 a.m. when she got in from New York. And so she texted me and she said, I had to get a hotel. May I check in right now? She was super, super calm about it. I said, hey, I think the door jammed. So I'm in Texas. Actually, I think I was in Costa Rica at the time. So she's in San Diego. And we popped the door open. Tom came over, popped the door open. And I sent out a favor, delivery service, and I got her a box of chocolates and a bottle of Prosecco. What did it cost me? 12 bucks? And she gave me the most best five-star review I've ever gotten in my entire life.
2: Mm -hmm. Dude, the way you handle problems, it makes a big difference, right? And that's that's one of my key team members. And that's been the best, the greatest gift that I have, is that he handles problems the way I handle problems. Mm-hmm. You know when people call and they're all mad and stuff like that, you show up there with a smile and you show up understanding you know what I mean, and I have stories I have stories. one time this lady was just terrorizing my team, right, terrorizing everybody, like everybody that walked in there, cleaners, maintenance guys, she was just she was just rough, right So I walk in there the first time I meet her, I'm like, "I mean man, you're nice to meet you." she's like, "Oh, I got stuff to tell you and i'm like, "Oh no, I've heard of you. you're the scary one, right." Let's have a conversation. Let's sit down and let's see what we can do to help you. The moment you like look at the beast and so you don't run away, the beast is like, shit, what do I do now? This guy didn't run away. And you just listen people just want to be listened to, man, and especially when it comes to exactly what you said, right? Like you have no idea how much time it took them to save the money to come on vacation, how important it is for them, what promises they made for their kids. So you're dealing with all this stuff underneath the table. And then all you get above the table is just what their reaction is. But if you account for whatever you can see under, under the table and you bring understanding and compassion to every guest interaction, the Airbnb business kind of gets easy
0: because it's a people to people business. And you have to set the tone from the moment they book. And when you set the tone as we, we put it in our, like, thank you for booking. Hey, if you need to ask how many effing beds are in the listing, check the listing. And then like ever since we put that in, like, okay. Like, and then more importantly, the greatest comment I've ever heard, and I read it in How to Optimize My Airbnb, he said, do not hide your weaknesses. Like my neighborhood in San Antonio was up and coming. It was a little rough and I kept getting comments about it, but then I got like 200 reviews and nobody said anything, but I, stepped, I started getting to my mother house. So my ex-wife wrote this long thing that like, hey, if you want a cookie cutter neighborhood and you want all the houses to look the same, then this ain't your place. Like, but if you like, you know, if you like style and old world and you want to be close to downtown, this is your spot. Never once did we get a response again,
1: ever. Mm. I love that. I love that. And if you're not as, empathetic is e and austin just have people on your team Mm -hmm. like my wife handles all that stuff unless i'm in a great mood and i'm like oh whatever but i have a shorter fuse but i know my weakness so i put people in place like the even at the hotel like the the manager and the weekend supervisor they're amazing people people if that's even a word like they're so good with people like it i can trust them entirely with that Sometimes other things fall through the cracks on the detail end, which I can help pick up and create better systems and checklists. Like, no, you need to follow this and you follow this, but I know my weaknesses. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm an introvert or this isn't going to work for me. No, that's not true. I'm much more introverted than both of these guys. I'm totally comfortable speaking on a stage, but if I'm the guy mingling in the crowd, I've had to work on myself a lot to get to the point where I can like just go out and network and you can get there, but it's not a necessity to start a business. What is a, a necessity is to figure out exactly what you want, why you want it, and then to commit to yourself that you're going to set up. And we use the word systems a lot, and it sounds kind of fancy and whatever if you're new. I'm not talking about like a piece of software that you got to build. All I'm saying is, is if you're finding, as an example, if somebody keeps asking you about where the pool is, okay, write out a pre-programmed response for the pool and use some of the software that we recommend, and it'll send that out for you. And that's one little system. Mm-hmm. And it just, yeah, you, you do that over time and it evolves so that you become less and less involved. And then as you continue to scale, then you can bring on more people to support you. And if you guys want to go deeper on that, just go to strsecrets.com. And there's like a 28 minute class that we put together that breaks down the different systems that you need. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take up too much more of Austin's yeah. awesome time because he shared a ton, but just check out that resource. It's free. But
0: and And I'm going to finish off the scaling up because... it's hard for me to admit this and I'll say it now, but I wasn't in a place when I lost 26 grand and removed myself. We decided it was better to part ways from the company. It's hard to share. Uh, I lied to myself about the role that I deemed myself necessary for. And when I got deeper down the rabbit hole and we scaled up, I realized that I wasn't the person that needed to be in that role but my ego wouldn't let me remove it and I was miserable and the moment that I stepped away from it and had to lose the money and had to lose the dignity and the ego I said I felt free I felt like my normal self again because I wasn't waking up every day trying to portray this person of who I thought I was or what, you know, Oh, I can control this. You're, you're the Airbnb guy. And my coach Omar got, I love this man. He said, he said, he said, Hey, you're the one that positioned yourself as the Airbnb dude. So like you made your bed either live in it or burn it up, but move on with your day. Like, and it's the truth. And it, and it wasn't until, and I like the day after I left the company and I lost the money, I beat myself up like for two days straight. Like, like this was your one opportunity. You lost it. Like, good job. And then Jamie Gruber called me and he said, I want you to talk to me about something. He said, did you go, did you go to college? Did you graduate? And I said, Nope. Did you ever run a business of this size before? Nope. Did you go to business school? Nope. Okay. Okay well then you just got the best education of running the business from the inside out that mm. you've ever got. So chalk it up to a business and personal investment and move on with your day. Mm. I was done.
2: Man, I love Jamie. Yeah. Mm. But that, that really ties into the conversation in the beginning. It's, it's all about how you frame things. You know, you can frame a motel from a lodge and you change it. You can frame a, a loss of any kind to a lesson and then life becomes completely different. Right. And, and also like, I think there's a big disservice now going around of this fake it till you make it, which in some aspects, right, there is a part of truth in there, but you also got to be really honest and really transparent with yourself. To what degree are you pushing yourself outside of who you actually are? Right? Because let's say you fake it until you make it, and then you make it, and then you look at yourself and you hate yourself. Did you make it? Who won? Like, did you actually win at the end of this fucking situation? Or you just pushed and grinded and made yourself fit into this round fucking hole because you had to, and then you lost yourself in the fucking process?
1: And that's the bottom line get clear on what the hell you want. Be honest yeah. with yourself. You don't have to try and compete with Austin or E or myself. You do you. This business can. I wholeheartedly believe in Austin. Call me out if you think I'm BS here, but I wholeheartedly believe anybody can do this business. If you anybody, want
0: to do it. anybody, if, if you build it the way that it suits you, simple yes, no. hundred uh, percent. Anybody can do this business, dude. I have met and and trust me, I'm in one right now. And I travel on a daily basis. I have met 68-year-old women, grandmas, crushing it, crushing it, and Airbnb. Yeah. So don't, I don't need your excuses. I don't need your ridiculousness. But I'm going to sum it up with the greatest – I'm going to tell you the greatest story in the world. So I get my biggest booking I've ever got in my life. They're in for a conference. It's six people. They pay me $3,500 for six yeah. days. I am doing cartwheels. And the guy is super nice. So I'm getting it ready. I've got a house across the street and then the other houses and Airbnb. I'm very pressed for time. I am making the bed very quickly. Um, so I'm putting on the sheets that were already clean. Right when I'm putting on the master, I have never shared this story with anyone. Right when I'm putting on the master bedroom sheets, I hear the loudest bang I've ever heard in my entire life. And I was like, what the, what was that? So I slam the sheets on real quick and I run to the front door. It was raining outside. Some guy had turned the corner and drove through 20 feet of my fence. Like, gone. The fence is gone. There's wood everywhere. Cement's flying. The car's gone. They're checking in in 45 minutes. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, my neighbor looks at me and he goes, what the fuck just happened? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so I said, listen, help me. I was like, so I made the bed real quick and I, I cleaned up everything. Like, I threw it in the trash, and, like, there was, like, holes through my yard, and, like, it was crazy. There's no fence, no nothing. And I texted them. I was like, "Uh, somebody just drove through my fence, so I can't get it fixed till, like, you know, till y'all leave. They were like, well, we don't give a shit. We've been traveling for, like, 18 hours. Like, it's fine. We'll be there late tonight. Don't worry about it. I go to bed. I get like 16 text messages and like a video that told me like, I'm going to fucking kill you, you piece of shit. You did this to me on purpose, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I get the guy on the phone. And as I got the, the guy that booked it on the phone, I'm getting yelled at in the back of his background by the lady going, you fucking piece of shit. Like you did this to me on purpose. Like what kind of sick hotel, Airbnb are you running here? I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. And he, this is what he explained to me. So the guest that left before them had a two-year-old that pissed in the bed. And I didn't see it. And so when I made the bed, all I did was put the sheets on the piss. Because right when I made that section of the bed, the car hit. And so I ran outside. So she had traveled 16 hours. And she was in her nicest suit. And she sat down in the bed at 1 in the morning on the piss. Brutal. So That's I was a- like, holy shit. I don't even know. I was like, okay, so here's the deal. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to my furniture store. I'm going to replace everything. And I mean everything. She goes, no, just replace the bed. Don't worry about it. I was like, No, 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 no. Everything. Everything. I'm replacing everything. By the way, I'm about to get myself in trouble, but I don't give a shit. So, uh, so I said like, fuck it. So I rented a truck. I called into work and I was like, I got to deal with this. So I had, I went and pulled out like 400 bucks in my cash. I went to my furniture store and I said, Hey, <laughs> I'm going to get in so much trouble for this. I said, write up a receipt for the most expensive mattress she got. <laughs> and she gave me a receipt cause I bought I made everything from there. <laughs> and I-, I wound up picking up two beds, a couch, two bed frames and like something else for like the price of like 750 bucks. Right. So I threw it all in the car. I got new sheets, new everything. And she was like, look, we're gone all day. Don't worry about it. Like, do your thing. Just let us know when it's done. So I get the truck. I put it, I get it all. I get to the house. I'm unloading the mattress and out gets an Airbnb and it's the lady. My wife at the time runs away. <laughs> She's like, I, this is all you. So I literally just grabbed the 400 bucks and I was like, I got nothing. I was like, I don't even like here, like whatever. And she goes, it's cool. I don't want your money. Fix it. And I was like, okay. So I go and I fix everything. And uh, they wind up staying for the week. They don't say much. He's a very quiet guy. I'm like so embarrassed. And I walk into the house because they said they checked out. They were still there waiting for their taxi. So I walk in my house with six people in there with the woman who absolutely wants to eviscerate me. And he looks at me and he goes, wasn't that the funniest shit you ever see in your life? He goes, great stay, dude. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate you fixing it. Five star review. Wow. Beautiful. I
2: think, I think I had anxiety most of the story like no no
0: no, no. (laughs) you're a good
1: storyteller i didn't know where we were going with this yeah yeah you you know
0: you know you know the feeling right yeah how do you come back from this and then she shows up and you're like she's like oh you just changed the mattress i was like no 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 i changed the pillows i changed the sheets i threw all out everything and then that lady they paid for it they didn't want to and i was like no 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 you ruined and you but i said all you had to do was tell me. Just tell me it happened. And I would have fixed it, but she didn't tell me. And that's what made me upset. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, then you, then you combined it a problem over and over again, instead of just addressing the issue, you know, and I want to finish off the story. Everybody, my favorite quote, Kyle Cease, everybody is so worried about what they'll lose by telling the truth, because that's quantifiable. They have no idea what they might gain by telling the truth because they can't see that.
1: Mm, That's good. Wow. So last question that we ask all of our guests is what is your number one secret for success in short-term rentals?
0: You have to understand that, uh, Emil said it perfectly, you have no idea. Does anybody understand that if you live in the Philippines or India, that these people that are coming to California, Florida, uh, D.C., have saved up for five years to come on this vacation. I'm not saying you have to be compassionate with everything that they say, but understand that what you're providing for them is memories for their family. It's so much bigger than four walls and a bed. Hmm. And, and when you understand that, there's a bigger why at play, and you can move on with your life.
1: Damn. Mike
2: I, I could talk to you for hours. Like just going be in like a Tim Ferriss kind of style podcast, like a three well, and a half hours.
0: Yeah. We like to do that with my other buddy, but I'm going to have you on my podcast, Emil, so we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, continue the want, conversation. Brother.
2: Yeah, whenever you want. I'll be, I'll be honored. You've been an absolute pleasure, brother. You gave so much value as, as we knew it was going to happen. Um, so I'm deeply grateful. Whenever you make your way down here, you're, you're more than welcome to come and visit. Um, we'd love to meet you in person. Yeah. We'll, Mike, be, there, we'll be there in October. Perfect. Perfect time of the year too.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, one last thing, awesome. Where can folks find more about you and get in touch with you and so, make sure to, to yeah. hit up the podcast.
0: So, yeah. Check out the podcast, Construct Your Life podcast. We have an Instagram handle, same as that. If you want to uh, DM me on Instagram, I always respond. I'm going to add value any way I can. Uh, you know, we need to especially in this time we need to lift up the people around us so that's what my number one why is in life so i am all about that you can find me on facebook uh austin linney is the uh, profile and and i just really appreciate you having me on Joe.
1: thanks again brother we'll talk soon
0: you got it my guys see ya